Normally, being a little extra can be a bit much. But when it comes to healthcare, it pays to be extra. And United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out-of-pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. How do you fix money in the bank? I'm Joe Piquinell. I'm joined by Tempest, your Jam That Champion, your Quizlemania Champion, LAW holds all the gold, etc. We're two thirds of the Blackpool Content Club. Luke isn't here this week. He's the one letting the team down. Have we is... done one of these, just you and I? No. This it's is the only been... combination that hasn't been done. It's always been Luke Plus. Yeah. It's been the Content Club formula. Uh, but this time we're. Doing it different, because Luke is off today. Um, so me and Tempest are going to have a chat about money in the bank, because... Boy, did they mess this up. Oh, it wasn't good, was it? On Raw, they had Austin Theory cash in his money in the bank. He lost. And he also cashed it on Seth Rollins, who's the US champion, lest we forget. Okay, before we get into how to fix this problem, because mm-hmm. I haven't been able to give my thoughts on on all of this nonsense, Yeah, I just got to say, there, there are a, a number of possible outcomes with mm-hmm. Austin Theory, Money in the Bank, yep. briefcase holder. I think of the various options they had here, this is about the second worst option. The only one that would be worse would be him beating Roman Reigns and becoming champion. I think, yeah, it that wouldn't be great. And I think that would, that has its positives in that it would maintain like money in the bank as a thing that could make world champions. Yes. It maintains the prestige of money in the bank, which is a good thing. We would also have Austin Theory beating Roman Reigns, which would be a very, 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 very bad thing. Not no disrespect to Austin Theory in particular, but just because that's not the way you want to end Roman Reigns' run that he's on right now. That would be a very bad way to do it. Um, So, yeah, him cashing in then on the US champion and failing after Seth had done open challenges is a weird decision. Mm -hmm. And I'm not 100% sure why they did it. Me and Luke speculated it was because Triple H just got a bit bored. And he was like, well, we'll just just can it. It's It's the last, like, Vince thing that we've got. I can't be bothered anymore. Yeah. My my thoughts on this are that that's probably about what happened. And you look at a lot of the other possibilities that people have thrown out there, like different Mm -hmm. theories of why they could do this or whatever. Different Austin theories. Different Austin theories. Mm. 
where you look at this and you go, well, they could have had somebody beat him for it. Mm -hmm. And if they're going to move Money in the Bank back to WrestleMania, you would like to think that the contract will like expire at WrestleMania or something. I don't think whoever they move the briefcase onto is going to beat Roman for the title mm -hmm. either. So yeah. it's just like, well, we just need to get rid of it. Let's just get rid of it in this manner. I think the way they went about that was stupid. Mm -hmm. Real stupid. Because you could have just had him cash in on Roman and lose. And then Roman looks even better. Yep. Which I think is just a better outcome than mm -hmm. cashing in on the mid-card title for no reason. When there was an open challenge and also losing. I don't think that helps anybody. No. But I don't think there was a good way out of all of this. I mean, if... Uh... I still think the best thing they could have done was have Austin Theory cash in on Roman Reigns and lose. Yeah. I still think that's the best outcome, especially because you could have done it after uh, the next paper match. Do it after War Games, right? If Roman Reigns is in the War Games match, do it there, where Roman Reigns is battered and he's bruised and all that stuff, and he gets taken out post-match by whatever. Austin Theory comes down, tries to cash in, and then you can have character work mm -hmm. from the rest of the bloodline right. make up for this cash-in. So you have, like, Sami Zayn tries to save Roman, but Jey Uso gets in his way. So then it's down to Solo Sokoa who has to make the save because Sami Zayn and Jey Uso are too busy bickering, which leads to then Roman on, like, SmackDown after being like, guys, you need to cost me my title because you're too busy fighting. Like, have something in the bloodline happen to further that money in the bank cash in yeah. have the money in the bank cash in further the story not necessarily of austin theory but of roman reigns and the bloodline and that i think is a really solid way to not have people too mad about the cash in because you have something positive coming out of it yeah. and that's more character development for the bloodline which everyone likes everybody the views don't lie the views don't lie anytime we do a smackdown or rampage podcast and we leave with the bloodline instantly more views People, I like the bloodline. People love the bloodline. I love the bloodline. You love the bloodline. It's great. Um, so yeah, so it, it was an odd choice, to say the least. Uh, so let's let's talk about how we'd go about fixing Money in the Bank. Because currently, it's not great. And it, no. hasn't, it hasn't mattered in quite a while. And I think the people that still really care about Money in the Bank, uh, me being one of them, are kind of just holding on to the perception of money in the bank that it used to be right rather than what it actually is yeah because in years past it was like here's your next future star here's a future world champion you should care about this person we're gonna make a star this is at, the guy who's the money gonna get a push this year exactly look forward to it exactly this is where we're gonna go get excited for it and then it just became like we'll use this as a vehicle to make a champion which isn't quite as strong as that you had interesting ideas in people cashing in on the same night, you know, at Money in the Bank. They will then cash in their briefcase, which then happened way too many times. Mm -hmm. God, it's so many now. Or someone would cash in, like, the SmackDown after or whatever. And then it slowly, along with people, like, failing their cash-ins with Cena and Sandow and Corbin and now Austin Theory, it's now just, like, less of a certainty that and you Strowman. win the title. Uh, did he fail? I mean, he, yeah. he cashed in for a match and didn't walk out with the title. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, didn't think about that one. God, there's been a lot of failures now. Yep. Yeah. So it's way less of a certainty that when someone wins money in the bank, it's like, here's the next big deal kind of thing. Here's mm -hmm. someone who's going to get a push. Get excited for that. Because it always did feel like in years gone by, it was a vehicle to kind of elevate underutilized talent to get them into a position of being ready for a main event push. It was the stepping stone to a main yeah. event push. 
kind of like winning a rumble was just like here's the guy who's going to main event wrestlemania this is how we're going to get him into that into that match money in the bank was that but for like the slightly under tier talent in mm. terms of fan perception at least and, and how they've been uh, portrayed and booked before so when they did win that briefcase you're like oh can't wait to see what they're going to do with it whereas now it has become way more of an albatross for mid-card talent a lot of people failing a lot of people cashing in on the same night to just be like ah this is just something we have to do every year now yeah. rather than doing anything actually interesting story-wise with it it's really frustrating to me because I guess this concept was just it involved too much brain power for the people in charge to really like make use of because mm. it is a little bit more complex of an idea than you win the battle royal you get a shot on this day yeah. you know that you on don't this day on this day there isn't that much more to it in the event of like the Royal Rumble or King of mm -hmm. the Ring or whatever it may be. And it doesn't make much sense to me why that has to be the case, because it's a little bit more complex, but for God's sake, you got 40-some writers or whatever mm -hmm. in that room. I'm yeah. sure someone could come up with an idea. And I, I said all of this in my uh, Money in the Bank video on Parts of Unknown earlier this year. Go and watch it. I think it's very good. Where, for the first few years of the Money in the Bank briefcase, like... They did something different every yeah. year. Mm. Every year of the Money in the Bank contract was in some way, it might not have been outstanding or whatever, but there was always something new to it. Like mm. Edge is the first one. Everything's new at that time. Rob Van Dam cashes in for a specific match in his home territory to mm -hmm. get an advantage. That's yep. different. Yep. Year after that, someone loses the briefcase. Now, of course, that wasn't the idea going into it, but at the very least, you can look back on it and be like, well, 2007, that's the year that Kennedy won it and then lost the briefcase. That's mm -hmm. different. Yep. Edge cashes in again. Punk cashes in. He's the first babyface guy to cash in as like the surprise. Mm -hmm. That's a different moment. You get the money in the bank pop mm -hmm. instead of like, oh, no, here oh, comes not, Edge to ruin our fun. Not the money in the bank holder. Yes. The next year, it's the first year that the money in the bank is used for a heel turn. Where CM Punk turns heel on Jeff Hardy. Yeah. And there's a whole, and that's the first time someone's done it back to back years. There's loads of different layers to all of that. I really like that run in particular because they used it as like an actual character development tool, which is what I think it should be used for every year. Yep. But you just keep going. Like Swagger cashes it in the first week that he has it. It's the first time that that's ever been done. Mm -hmm. I don't think that was a good idea in hindsight at all, but like. It's something different. Mm -hmm. You move on to the pay-per-view that gets introduced that year. Kane cashes it in the first night, mm -hmm. which for the time was like, no one's ever done that. That's yep. something that you can play with. That's new. You know, and then it starts getting into a little bit more of like, okay, this is just how we get through our writer's block for the summer. The next year, it's Cena cashing in to, to just insert himself back into the WWE title picture, mm -hmm. which doesn't really do anybody any favors especially when it is then him cashing in and not winning the title which forever everyone theorized about Wasn't how 2013 yeah it's 2012 oh are we missing a del rio in there somewhere uh i mean yeah but, it's but like, we, we can forget skim, about it. skimming over Skip you know some stuff because just like in in the middle there in those like 2010 years they stopped becoming interesting and distinct yeah you know like del rio cashes it in a month later 
at SummerSlam. Yep. Because again, they just got writer's block. And you've got to throw Kevin Nash into that SummerSlam and everything. And then the next year, it's John Cena, who just like, we need to get him into the SummerSlam title picture. So let's have him cash in money in the bank for a match and then get yep. DQ'd and then whatever. The next year, it's Randy Orton cashes in at mm -hmm. SummerSlam. Yep. You just keep going on and on and on that way. And it wasn't until like 2014, Seth Rollins wins the Money in the Bank, where they decided to do something new again. And everybody loves it. Mm -hmm. You know, Dolph Ziggler wins it, and he he's a pretty good example of holding it off and doing what people kind of want out of Money in the Bank, which mm -hmm. is giving it to a younger, developing star, and then having that briefcase moment coming in a big moment that's built up to over a long period of time. Even defended the briefcase against John Cena yeah. before that. That's not to say that it has to only be done one way. No, you know? of course not. But... It, for the longest time now, has kind of only been done a certain way, and it kind of is lame. Yeah. It doesn't feel like a lot of brain power is being put into the money in the bank. Yeah. You can see it with like, oh, women's money in the bank, let's just have them cash in the same night, or the night after, or it's whatever. It's insane how they've done the same thing every time. Yeah. It is absurd that they can't think of anything else to do with it. It's crazy, um, for, for the women's side especially. Um, <clears throat> I mean, I, I agree totally with everything you said. I, th I think the, the early years are kind of like the, the shining example of how to just actually do something different. And it's not like, obviously there's a finite number of stories that you can tell with it, but what isn't so finite is character development based mm -hmm. on this. Because every character, every wrestler that wins it is different, and they have a different history of getting into the business. Their whole story is different. Everyone is unique. And how the money in the bank affects people is a really interesting thing. Because there was a bit where, you know, bad, bad WWE booking aside, when Daniel Bryan won his money mm. in the bank and he went on a massive losing streak, which they they love doing that They now. love doing that. Stop it. But at the very least, he went on a losing streak and he, like, they started to play up the fact that the money in the bank was like a curse for him. He was like, this is, this is holding me back. Something has changed once I've won money in the bank. And I'm no longer as good as I once was. That is something. That is some character development that makes sense with the thing that the, that they have. And then he cashed it in and became world heavyweight champion. And everyone was like, wait, what? And it went against what they were doing. But the steps that they were taking with that is an idea. It's something to have see how people are affected by this. Do they let the money in the bank go to the head? Are they someone like an Austin Theory who just proclaims like, well, I'm going to be world heavyweight champion. So, you know, I'm basically already there. And they just get too arrogant and cocky. and Or is it someone who takes it and is like, now now the, the real work begins. And they're seen like scoping people out and trying to figure out the best possible opportunity to do it when they had perfect opportunities. But they're like, no, now now's, now's not the time because they're, they're second guessing themselves or whatever. There's loads of ways to use a Money in the Bank to further a character. And that, I think, is what we really want to see out of Money in the Bank. Because we've done the superficial, like, here's a Money in the Bank pop. Yeah, here's a cool moment kind of thing. We've had a lot of those now, and I think they, they will have diminishing returns before long. I think the next step to make Money in the Bank interesting again is to have it be a character development tool and not just a way to get a title shot. It's how yeah. you progress this character. It's the next step on the character's progression through WWE. And that, I think, is the next step of rehabilitating Money in the Bank. Yeah, I think it goes back to a conversation that we had uh, recently, like when the, the last great Bloodline segment happened. Mm, yeah. And I said, for so long, WWE wasn't about telling stories. It was about giving your favorites moments. Yes. 
And I think Money in the Bank is maybe the perfect example of that, where the people who were winning Money in the Bank for a while there, like Otis, Liv Morgan, Austin Theory, these weren't things that were like built up to in an organic way. It was just like, we're going to go with you. Or like mm-hmm. Nikki A.S.H. is another one. Yep. You know? Just, we're going to give this person the moment, and everyone's going to pop, and then, because the Money in the Bank briefcase is basically just, like, a free moment, it's a moment that maker. you can do whenever you want to, mm-hmm. anytime you're like, ah, oh, we need a moment, let's just have them cash in Money in the Bank. That's a moment that mm-hmm. people will remember, and you don't have to tell a story leading up to it. You don't need, like, long-term thinking in order to just have that moment and that pop. So it became very easy for them. And that's not the kind of storytelling that I want to see. I want to see the really thoughtful storytelling Mm -hmm. that is built up over a long period of time. Because I agree, you look at the amount of really in-depth characters that they still have in WWE. It blows my mind that, like, Kevin Owens hasn't been Money in the Bank, you know, at this point. Yeah. With the different layers and different angles that you could go with, with that character, the prize fighter, you know, whatever it may be. That seems like a perfect opportunity to go in different directions with a character and explore how a guaranteed shot at helping your family or whatever they want to do, how that would affect him and what different directions they could go with him. And there's so many guys that you could do that with. You could do the same thing with a Sami Zayn, you know, and doesn't even have to be like right now. This could be when he's doing his whole conspiracy theory thing. And all of a sudden, the company that's supposedly conspiring against him, now he's got a ticket to face their world champion. Mm -hmm. There's different ways that you can go about each and every one of these different guys. And they've got such a deep roster of very, like, very complex characters, even though they haven't wanted to really do complex storytelling for a long time. They've got such good characters and good wrestlers that can pull off these storylines if just given a chance. Mm -hmm. And that's really all I want out of this. Yeah, 100%. Because the thing with um, Money in the Bank is, like you said, it's, it's, it's a moment maker, right? And moments are great in wrestling. It's nice to have big moments where you go, oh my god, this thing. But it can't be the only thing mm-hmm. in, in the company. You need to have stories and stuff building up to those moments to make those moments even more noteworthy, right? Because you can have stuff come out of nowhere that you didn't see coming and be like, oh my god, whoa, that's crazy. And they're fine. But when you only have superficial moments, it takes away from any potential that you have for actual storytelling. And the money in the bank is just the superficial moment maker now. And if we take it back to character development, actual storytelling, building that cash in up for a long time and not just forgetting about it for several months, which is what they're doing right now, is either they cash it in right away or they just go, well, we'll come back to that later. They're just a person holding a briefcase until a future date when they decide to, it's going to be relevant again. And I think even with Austin Theory, they've done an okay job with kind of spinning that plate with him in that he tried to cash in at Clash of the Castle and failed. And he tried to cash in at wherever it was and failed. And SummerSlam. Was, SummerSlam and failed. It's like that. there's these little hints of him just trying to be like, no, I am still here. I am still going to try at some point and, and do this. Which is why I think if they did eventually build up to, if it wasn't Roman Reigns as the champion, if they did build to an Austin Theory cash-in, it would actually work because it had been built to. Mm-hmm. It had been him trying to cash-in and eventually succeeding. Would have been a really good babyface story if they'd have turned Austin Theory babyface. Like, it, it, it could have worked if he'd have just been desperate to do it and he started second-guessing himself and be like, 
you know, maybe, maybe I'm not fit to be world champion. Maybe this is a sign saying that, like, maybe I shouldn't cash this in. Like, maybe I'm not worthy. I need to start actually proving that I can be world champion before I cash this in. And he goes on this big, like, winning streak. He rehabilitates himself, goes on a big winning streak like that. That's a, a story that you could make out of the Money in the Bank failed cash-ins to then lead to a successful one. That's that's normal storytelling right there. But, like, I, I think the, the, like I was saying, the, the next bit of this Money in the Bank rehabilitation there's, there's the reports of it going back to wrestlemania potentially mm-hmm. and taking it off its own its own pay-per-view and for me i i like the idea because i think it makes it feel a bit more prestigious to have it on wrestlemania and i like the idea of having one night has the men's match one yeah. night has the women's match that's that that's just neat i just like that um and it it also makes it feel like while it is still the same thing of this is a thing that happens every year I feel like it's not quite the same as having the money in the bank pay-per-view. It feels more, and this is just a a feeling, a gut feeling that like having the money in the bank pay-per-view makes it feel like more superficial. And it's like, oh, it's the time of the year for money in the bank rather Mm -hmm. than it's WrestleMania where we're going to, all the the feuds are ending, the news cycle begins, and here's your money in the bank winner. Here's the next season of WWE, and here's a person you need to look out for in this next season. I think that just feels neater. To yeah. Me. Bookending the money in the bank year contract thing with WrestleMania on either side of that, I think is a much tidier way mm. of doing it. I think like there's a lot of like really fun things you could do with that. You, you If you want to do the, the one night cash in, like cash in the same night type thing, you have the opportunity of doing that. And it being at WrestleMania is like kind of a bigger deal in that sense. It's a WrestleMania and moment. And if you want to cash in at WrestleMania, you could, again, have them do, like, the storyline that they were at least pushing on TV with Kennedy the first time, where it's like, I'm going to cash this in in the main event of WrestleMania next year. Mm -hmm. I'm going to hold this for the whole year, and that's when I'm having my my thing. That's just, I don't know, again, a neat concept that they haven't really been able to do yet. They seem to have just run out of patience with it to yeah. do like a long term thing like that. Because there were reports that the Austin Theory thing was going to be, they were going to do something unique with it. And one of the ideas was he was going to hold it and he was potentially going to run out of time mm-hmm. to cash it in, which is an interesting idea. It's yeah. essentially the one story they've not done with money in the bank yet is someone running out of time. Because they've always, since its inception, basically, they've always pushed like they have one calendar year, they have one calendar year, they have one calendar year, but they've never actually taken it to that calendar year yet. And I think it is. You need to have a long-term vision for that story. You can't just be like, here's a briefcase we'll come back to in a year. Because you need to see what they're doing in that right. year to make you care about their briefcase then running out. And I think it is a story that can work. It's a story that I've been pushing for for years for yeah. them to do. This was the story that I wanted them to do. Like, I'm obviously not upset that this is not what they did with Seth Rollins. Because mm-hmm. Seth Rollins ended up with the best money in the bank cash in of all time. That's correct. But it was the story that I had in my mind when you had the part-time champion that's never there. Mm-hmm. And at first, you can be like, no, I'm, I'm going to take it easy a little bit. I don't need to cash in right now. I've got a year. And then you get past, like, WrestleMania on that, you know, July mm-hmm. to July mm-hmm. year period. And then it's all like, where's the champion? I don't all, – all of a sudden, now the clock is ticking. Mm-hmm. And if they're on Raw – like one time in May or something, you can like have the money in the bank holder scrambling because it's like, I might not get another shot. Yeah, I got to do that. And then if if they do run out of time, you can either have the storyline where like they literally cash in a week before the pay-per-view and win it. And it's like, ah, he did it. 
Or you could have them have to re-enter the money in the bank and retain the briefcase. Mm. Win it two years in a row to get another year. There's like possibilities there that we haven't seen yet. I would really enjoy, especially if like, for whatever reason, there's no um, world title match on the Money in the Bank pay-per-view and it's main evented by like the men's Money in the La- Money in the Bank ladder match. Mm-hmm. They have until, they're not even in that match, but they have until that match ends to cash in their Money in the Bank. So throughout like the pay-per-view show, you have these uh, like backstage segments and people like scrambling to find the world champion to be like, where are they? I have to cash in my Money in the Bank now. Mm-hmm. I-, I am out of time. That, I think, is a very fun idea. Makes for a really nice story through the show. And you can have, like, a culmination of, like, a segment, like, maybe just before that main event match or something, where they go to the ring and they say, no, I'm not leaving this ring until the world champion comes out. The the next Money in the Bank cannot start until I cash in my Money in the Bank. And that can culminate in whatever way you want it to culminate. But there's, there's ideas here to make Money in the Bank interesting again, because that is really what it's been lacking is interest Mm -hmm. it is dull and it is repetitive and it's quite boring to have someone with a briefcase because everyone is the same even like little character beats like when damien sandow won and he had his own stylized briefcase yeah that is a tiny little detail that made me go that's cool i should pay attention to this granted little did you know granted then he failed but the idea of people taking that money in the bank briefcase and making it their own and making it part of their identity for like a year is great. And mm. seeing what people can do with that new strand on their character is a great idea. And it just feels like in years gone by that they've just thrown that by the wayside to just be like, what a moment. And that's it. That's just the the superficial level to it. And this, as we've mentioned before, this Austin Theory cash-in feels like kind of it was on the same show as when they dropped the 24 7 title so it feels like the last like vince mcmahon era decisions are being like swept away from wwe now so my question to you tempest do you think triple h will rehabilitate money in the bank do you think he's going to take some of these steps to make it interesting again i'd like to think so honestly like because when when Triple H took over and we were talking about our our, our expectations of mm. all of this, I was saying like this isn't going to be fixed in like first three months or anything like mm-hmm. that. Come back to me in like six months and we'll see where we're at. And I still feel that way. And my expectations of Triple H will kind of depend on how this first road to WrestleMania mm. goes, how yeah. he books his first Royal Rumble, how he books his first WrestleMania card. And if all of that goes well, I don't really see why he couldn't do the same thing with Money in the Bank, mm. which just is inject some new creative energy into it. Yeah. So that's really all I want, you know? I think there's a lot of different layers to Money in the Bank that really need a lot of work. And it's not only just the cash-ins and the the time leading up to the cash-ins and everything. I was appalled while I was writing this script for my Money in the Bank video on Parts Fun Known this year. How many absolutely dreadful title reigns come as a result of Money mm, in the Bank? Yeah, that's a good point. Oh my god. There are like, I want to say, I, I I don't remember the actual numbers, but it is like a shockingly low percentage of Money in the Bank cash-ins that result in a title reign that lasts more lo- than like two months. Which is Crazy. just nuts, because you can go through like their entire history, like Edge's first reign was three weeks, Rob Van Dam's first reign was three weeks, Edge's second reign was only a few months, and then he got injured, it's like, okay, fair enough. 
and you just keep going like Punk's first reign was obviously mm-hmm. very lackluster. Yep. You know, didn't even lose the title, was just taken out backstage and everything at Unforgiven 08. His second run was much better, but it was still short. It was only like a month and a half or so. Swagger's first reign, need not say more. Kane's first reign was long, but sucked because there was a terrible feud with The Undertaker. And it was you, Kane. A great (laughs) moment at SummerSlam, but then a terrible feud with Edge. You just keep going down the line and like there are so many dreadful title runs. Like even the ones that had a lot of potential, like Big E last year. Mm. A nothing title reign at the end of the day that everyone was disappointed in. And everybody looked at and said, we are so ready for Big E to be WWE champion and have him go on a run and be important and be the the flagship of the show. Everything. And it just never happened. Like, you never got that payoff to him being WWE champion. And you can literally look at so many examples of that, whether it is all of the failures that don't even result in the the title wins or Randy Orton cashing in on Daniel Bryan and that title reign lasting a month. Mm -hmm. It just requires a lot more long-term planning than they've been capable of. Mm Mm-hmm. Because not only is it the time leading up to this that you need to be thinking about how does this Money in the Bank briefcase affect the person holding it, affect the show around them, and ooh, there's this level of danger and uneasiness with the champions because someone's walking around with this briefcase that could mess things up at any moment. They don't do that, but they also do not plan for the time after the cash-in either, where... All of these women's money in the bank holders, with the exception of like maybe Carmella and I guess Asuka, like Nikki A.S.H. held her title for a month. Mm-hmm. Liv Morgan held it for like a couple months. Mm-hmm. There's not much to them. No. Alexa Bliss held hers for a month. Yep. There's nothing to it. You do need to have the title reigns feel like, oh, this Money in the Bank winner the next year is going to lead to something great. The only great ones that you can really think of are like, again, Seth Rollins, Mm -hmm. who's to me the perfect example of a good Money in the Bank briefcase holder with a good cash in and a good title reign that every part of that really did pay off. Mm -hmm. But you need more than one because this briefcase has been around for a long time now and its percentage is just shockingly low. Yeah. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. 
Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. And I think that that BE one that you mentioned is a perfect example of like, this is the big coming out party for Biggie as a main event talent. Mm. It was set up to be one of those really important, like, Seth Rollins level great cash-ins followed by a great title reign to solidify Big E as a main event talent. Exactly how Money in the Bank should be used. It's a guy who had never had a world title reign yet that everyone mm-hmm. was was really behind and wanted to see in that position. They gave him the opportunity with the Money in the Bank to be like, this is your time to be main event guy. They gave it to him and then did nothing with it afterwards. And that is where it, it really falls down because his cash-in superficially was... All right. It was against Bobby Lashley. I'm kind of out of nowhere, but it was it was all right. It was a cash in. Mm-hmm. It was a moment. But the follow up was nothing, which then means that when people win money in the bank in future years, you're then not expecting it to be the next breakout guy. You're expecting it to be a moment. Yeah. And then that takes away from money in the bank as a whole is. Yeah, very, very well, well said, because I think that that follow up is arguably more important than the cash in. Mm-hmm. I think the cash-in is more superficial, but the follow-up to it is, like, that's what actually makes it important. In the in the same way that, like, winning the Royal Rumble means you, if you put on great matches and WrestleMania main events and you have a good percentage of those people win at WrestleMania, that makes the Royal, Rum- Royal Rumble... Royal Rumble. Wh- wh- the Royal Rumble much more important. The Royal Rumble much more important mm-hmm. because you think this is a guy who's going to main event and potentially be our next world champion at WrestleMania. But if you don't do that, if you say they're in one of the main events of WrestleMania and then they don't win the championships and whatever else at Mania, it makes the Rumble feel less important. It it feels very basic. Mm-hmm. And it is. Um, but I, I, yeah, I, I think um, going off one of the um, the the points that you said here about the, the, the follow up to it, I think that is the easiest way for Triple H to rehabilitate Money in the Bank is just that have the title reign matter mm-hmm. you know um because we've seen so many of them that are pointless as we've mentioned many a time now that i think instead of all the like we, we mentioned the character development we mentioned the not just making it a moment and all the new stories that they could do with it 
But I think the, the number one thing that they do need to change and should fix is title reigns should matter when they cash in. Because, like, the Seth one was fantastic. And even, like, the Dolph Ziggler one, right? That was a great cash-in. Arguably one of the better cash-ins that they've ever done. Uh, second best one behind Seth? Yeah. Uh, mainly just because of the pop, right? <laughs> because everyone really wanted to see Dolph Ziggler as world heavyweight champ. He got that moment. And you could see and feel what it meant to him in that moment to be world champion. And that was a great payoff for everybody's investment into Dolph Ziggler. And then they messed it up because the rain didn't mean anything. It was so frustrating to have that moment, to not have that actually pay off into anything meaningful. And if they just had a good rain for Dolph Ziggler, we might be sitting here being like, can't wait to see Dolph Ziggler against Roman Reigns at WrestleMania. You know, like... I'm not that slight exaggeration, but you know what I mean. Like, I know what you mean. It could have been cemented as a proper main event guy. That to me is maybe even more important than the reign itself because you look at Dolph Ziggler's title reign, and yes, it only lasts like a month, but they do a double turn at payback. Mm -hmm. They have Del Rio turn heel, beat him for the title, and Dolph Ziggler comes out of it looking very sympathetic. And that's not necessarily a bad thing. Mm -hmm. I did watch that and go, yeah, my God. Del Rio again? Del Rio again. They just took the title off of Dolph Ziggler. He just won it. But to me, more important than that, and where I do think that they need to fix this problem, is you give them the reign, they lose the reign, and then they go back to where they were before the money in the bank. Bingo. Because you look at the first few years of it, Mm -hmm. and you look at Edge, and Edge in particular was a guy who was not, he was kind of on the cusp of that main event level in 05, 06, but once he won that Money in the Bank and then won the WWE Championship from John Cena, he never went back to being the step below the main event figure. Like, yeah, he lost the title just a few weeks later, but he goes into a main event feud with Mick Foley. He goes in and faces guys for the WWE Championship right after that. And he's a main event player for the rest of 2006 and really never gives up that top spot. He's a main event guy until he retires, comes back and maybe will retire again at some point. But you go back then looking forward to other people from that point onward. And it's like CM Punk wins the WWE champion or the world heavyweight championship the first time, holds it for a few months, loses it, isn't on the next pay-per-view, is a world tag team champion with Kofi Kingston just having like nothing matches on Raw, then is the intercontinental champion and is just doing nothing throughout that year. Goes right back to being like the ECW champion level guy he was before that. Jack Swagger, probably should have never won the briefcase in the first place, but he wins the world heavyweight title, loses it, and again isn't on SummerSlam the next month. Is just nothing afterwards. Dolph Ziggler, The Miz, there are so many examples of people, Big E, who are given the WWE Championship or the World Heavyweight Championship or what have you. They lose it, and then they go right back to where they were before they were ever Mr. Money in the Bank. And that, to me, is even more damning than having, like, a lackluster reign. Because you can have a reign that's not very long, it doesn't have many title defenses or whatever. But again, if it services the character, like Dolph Ziggler's reign could have, if his end goal and the end vision of that storyline was some, some way that would make the fans feel satisfied with his arc, with him eventually regaining the world championship at SummerSlam, or whatever the case may be, that's fine. But they never had that for him. 
He was just, well, he's the Intercontinental Championship level guy again. And that's so disheartening when you see them. And that's where the aura of this is the next main event guy kind of just starts to fall apart. Because all of a sudden, you know that they're not going to be the main event guy. You know that this briefcase that at one point felt like this golden ticket into the main event scene no longer is that. It's just, yeah, they might get a, they might get a title reign out of it. And you can hope... You can hope that this will mean that we have a new guy in that main event scene that can help carry the company and everything. But there's so many examples of people doing that and then losing and going back right to where they were beforehand. And it's just so damaging to the perception of all of this when it keeps happening year after year after year. And that's where I think Triple H can really help this. It's if he takes somebody, whether they're fresh out of NXT or not, or whatever the case may be, you take someone who doesn't even necessarily have to be like a first time champion, but you take someone who's under pushed, who's seemingly undervalued, but can be a big time player. And you give them the chance to do that, and then afterwards, the perception of them is different. They are at a higher level for having won money in the bank than they were previously. I don't think that's that much to ask, and I don't think that is that big of a task, really. Like, yeah, you kind of then have to figure out storylines for them as a main event player going forward, but, like, that that's the job. You got to do that, mm-hmm. you know? I think that's something that can really be changed with this new regime, and I really hope it does. For sure, and I think that uh, I think that's just more of an issue with WWE booking as a whole because it's not exclusive to Money in the Bank. Right. That's just exclusive to basically anyone getting a world title push yeah. as a whole. Look at Nakamura. Look at Nakamura. Look at Kofi Kingston. Yeah. You know, people who get the chance to be world champion and then who just fall off into nothingness afterwards. And that's something that hopefully will change afterwards because I think we're seeing good signs of people like a uh, like a Drew McIntyre. Mm-hmm. who were built up to that world title scene, lost the title, and then it's kind of still in that upper mid-card main event yeah. tier of talent, which is good. That's great. Still having very high-profile feuds, even if it's not for the title. That's the kind of, like, caliber of talent. And we know, I know that, like, not every single person that wins Money in the Bank, not not you're not going to have someone every year that's going to be like, right, this is the next guy that we're going to push into the main event. Not every push is going to work. That's totally understandable. But at least try. Yeah. <laughs> You know, have them win that money in the bank, have them have that chance to be that main event talent. And if it doesn't work, that's fine. But actually give them a good shot at it. Don't just give them the moment and be like, cool, let's scrap that. Mm-hmm. And then let's move them back down. I think you you owe it to that talent who you've decided who will win money in the bank. You owe it to them to give them a fair shot to try to be a main event talent. And if you don't think they're capable of being a main event talent, don't have them win money in the bank. Mm. You should have the money in the bank winners be guys that you want to put into that next level. And realistically, one person per year probably should have enough people to do that, to get get around with the depth of their roster. Even if you're talking about guys like a Champer or a Gargano or whoever, right? These new guys that have come back in, anyone that you want to elevate up to that next level, someone like a Candice LeRae, you know, who's Mm -hmm. kind of been around but hasn't been super featured right now she wins money in the bank becomes world champion and stays there for a while afterwards that's a that's a star making thing right there if you want to actually do that but you have to do that follow through with the title reigns that's that is the key to all of this and i think we've we found the key to all of this about three times in this episode so far (laughs) but i think that is the key to it it's the follow-up with the with the with the title reigns that's that's the most important thing Mm -hmm. 
yeah, I, I'm I'm looking forward, honestly, to seeing what Triple H can do with this because I do think he has a pretty good track record of taking care of the prestige surrounding a lot of things. Like, mm. almost instantaneously after he took over, he was like, here's some video packages about the US and intercontinental right. titles. Here's why you should care about these things. So I'm hoping that with the Money in the Bank Austin Theory thing done, Triple H can focus on what he wants to do with Money in the Bank, whether that be move it to WrestleMania, whether it be whatever, however he wants to change it. But I'm hoping that we can have a bit of a renewed focus alongside things like King of the Ring reportedly coming back. Mm -hmm. Stuff like that just makes it feel like a lot of these forgotten or less used formats will then be cared for again. And that is really what I want to see. I just want I just want things to matter. Mm. That's the main thing. Yeah, I think I think hopefully I'd like to think that we can see that now with Triple H. Like, mm. I think things mattering isn't a lot to ask for, and mm. it's not like a low. It's it's a pretty low bar to expect Triple H to clear, and I feel like he can do that. He can mm. make these sort of things matter again, and. Again, I don't want to just keep going back to like the quality of their roster, but they have enough people that I think having w at least one person pushed into that main top tier of of talents one a year I don't think is that unreasonable because mm -hmm. that was always like when I was growing up watching wrestling, I was like, okay, if there's one new champion, one new world champion every year, that's that's probably pretty good. Mm -hmm. Whether that's like, you know, Edge Jeff Hardy, The Miz, Sheamus, various people where it's just like, okay, just new energy mm -hmm. in that top scene yeah. every year. It just, it made such a difference. And I feel like we've, even though we've still gotten a decent amount of that lately, like Drew McIntyre, I think is the perfect example of that as a guy who's won it, stayed in that top tier and done well. So props to Drew McIntyre. He's what I want out of this for the rest of the roster. But so many other people, whether it be people like Kofi Kingston or Big E, it just hasn't worked out that way. And I want it to. I want that to be the case with the new members of this roster. And you bring up guys like Gargano and Ciampa. Like, I think Tommaso Ciampa is like a perfect idea for like Money in the Bank, just with his level of like obsession over mm -hmm. the NXT championship and bringing that character to the main roster in an effective way, I think would be really good to make somebody care that much about Money in the Bank and then the subsequent title reign that they may have. There's so many possibilities that they could do. And again, those are Triple H's guys. I think Triple H probably will give a little bit more care to guys that went through NXT that were his people and you want to see them reach the heights of WrestleMania and reach the heights of being WWE or Universal Champion or what have you. I think that there is a lot to look forward to there with all of that and especially with a number of these NXT and former WWE stars coming back mm -hmm. in recent months. It does kind of help bolster that roster and really give a lot more people that opportunity. Even people like we haven't said yet, like a Santos Escobar, mm. I think would be an unbelievably great main event talent for WWE. Absolutely, yeah. There's so many possibilities that you could do here. Yeah. You could honestly have Walter win Money in the Bank at some point. I'd be okay with that. There's so like there's so many options here. And so many golden tickets, if treated properly, to actually have new main event talents, which is what people have wanted from WWE for, like, over a decade at this point. Yeah. People have been talking about, like, they're not making enough new stars for, like, literally since 
2010, probably mm-hmm. earlier than that, yeah. when it was just Cena and Orton winning titles every year. We're still here waiting for them to make a bunch of new stars. Mm-hmm. I think this is a perfect opportunity for them to start doing that. Absolutely, yeah. And I think that if you are going to elevate these people to the main event scene, granted, not everyone can be main event talent all the time. It's totally fair that people will be cycled kind of mm-hmm. in and out and stuff. But even when you have someone like, for example, like a Drew McIntyre, who's been in that main event scene and still like he's not irrelevant anymore. He's not right. a, he's not a mid card guy. So even if you elevate someone to that main event slot, people will still care about Drew McIntyre because they're still booking him like he matters. Mm-hmm. And you can do that with your whole roster. It's not that difficult. Yeah. If you have someone like a Kofi Kingston who come, even if he goes back into tag team stuff, you can still have him matter. You can still have him be former WWE champion Kofi Kingston. You can still have him be like an upper mid-card wrestler. And if he has a singles match against someone, you should put Kofi as the favorite in that match because he's a former singles world champion. He can still matter even if he's not doing main event things all the time. It's just about making everyone in your roster feel important. Mm -hmm. And that is something that the Money in the Bank allows you to do. It gives you an in. It's honestly like a little bit of a shortcut to to get you to the point you want to get to. And that's not to say that you can do that cheaply because that's what they've been doing. But it gives you the the reason to put them in that main event scene in the first place. And it, it makes it feel a bit less jarring for when you want to push someone. It gives you that little out to get them in in the first place. And then you do the work to to do the follow-up. And then people care about them. And then you make more money. That's 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 how it works. <laughs> it's just how wrestling works. <laughs> you know, it, it not to go off like on a on a tangent or a take, tangent no on content club impossible <laughs> but not to take this in a completely different direction mm. but one of the things that i always kind of uh noticed or was a, a marker to me of someone reaching that kind of level mm. was if it was important to have them in their own featured match at wrestlemania mm. like if that was yeah. a priority for people where it's mm. like drew mcintyre doesn't have to be in a world championship program but he's going to have a singles match at wrestlemania yeah this is very much why, like, a couple years ago, I was really kind of annoyed that Bailey wasn't given a, a champ, or uh, just a match at WrestleMania. It was, mm. like, 37, where she was, yeah. like, hosting. She was the host, yeah. And everything. I was like, that's unacceptable. She carried the SmackDown era of the Thunderdome and everything. Why is she not in a, in a top match at WrestleMania? It doesn't have to be for a title, but give her a storyline and give her something to do because she'd earn that. And I feel like that kind of is a marker to me of like what being a main event caliber star Mm -hmm. is in WWE a lot of the time. It's like if you are a top level performer, you should probably have a marquee match at WrestleMania. Mm -hmm. And I think there's a very good chance that Triple H is going to use, whether it be King of the Ring or the Royal Rumble or, or Money in the Bank, what have you to make some more of those people. Mm. Those people where all of a sudden it's not acceptable for them to just be in an eight-man tag or or some some big hodgepodge match where they're not the featured performer. Like, you got to have new featured performers on the show every so often. And I know I just brought up WrestleMania 37 as, like, an example where, you know, that uh, where Bailey wasn't featured and everything. But mm. I was looking at that and being like, okay... We've got Rhea Ripley versus Asuka. Those mm-hmm. are those are two new faces for for stuff like this. They're not the same ones mm-hmm. that we see every year. You had like Matt Riddle against Sheamus. It's like okay, there, there's a new one, and there were there was enough 
turnover on that show where I was like, you can see change happening mm-hmm. here. I want that, but like next level, where it doesn't have to necessarily be like mid-card matches like Matt Riddle and Sheamus, but just bigger matches for some of these people that are the mid-card level people that are then being pushed into the next tier. I want to see that progression. Again, not to go off on a different tangent, but I would also always say, like, I enjoyed seeing the development of various stars in AEW, for Mm -hmm. example, where it's like you see the people that were on Dark or, like, the Silver and Reynolds or the people that were very clearly positioned at the bottom of the card, Mm -hmm. and then two years later you see that they have taken steps up. The four pillars are, like, a perfect example of this. You know, Jungle Boy wasn't winning a bunch of matches when Dynamite started, but look at him now. That sort of thing. I'd like to see a lot more of that in WWE where you can literally from year to year see the progression of people. It's like, okay, they were in like an early match at WrestleMania and then they were in a mid-card match at WrestleMania and then, oh, look at that. Now they're in the semi-main event of WrestleMania, that sort of thing. And it doesn't have to be like one year to the next to the next. But I want to see more of that progression from the mid-card stars to being pushed and given the opportunity to be the main event stars. And again... Money in the Bank is like a perfect shortcut where Mm. you still have to think about that sort of thing, but it allows you to leapfrog over a lot of the more complicated booking things of like, how do we get them from being there to number one contender to world champion? You can just do that whenever you want to. Mm. That's the easy part of Money in the Bank, and you can craft a story around that. That's just what I want to see. I want to see the mid-card and upper mid-card people being given a chance to elevate themselves. Mm -hmm. For a long time, I don't think we got that. But I think we should now with Triple H. I hope so. And I just when when you said I just had a moment there, I was like, oh, that would be cool. When you were talking about how people should have featured matches and they should care, even if it's not for a title. I literally just thought I was like, what'd be a really cool featured match that I want to see at next year's WrestleMania? Jey Uso versus Sami Zayn. That yeah. sounds fun. <laughs> like, just like that's just like a non-title big match. Mm-hmm. And I think that would then if they if they're gonna go with like Sami Zayn splitting from Bloodline route, that is the sort of match that will would elevate probably Sami Zayn into that main event kind of status because that is a match that people would care about because it's had character work and stuff going into it, it has a lot of um, uh, story and and foundation to to build the story out of. That I think is like a perfect example of you care about that match without the titles, and that is a sort of match where you go cool, let's put Sami Zayn in that main event spot now. I can't wait to see the Sami Zayn match at WrestleMania. Mm-hmm. It's like what like people should be saying. I can't wait to see the Drew McIntyre match. Can't wait to see the Sami Zayn match. Can't wait to see the Kevin Owens match. Not, I want to see the world title match, which is something that they should be looking forward to. But also these other guys mm-hmm. should be already things that people care about. I Yes, I think you're, you're, you're right when you say that people should care about the feature matches. Um... Sami Zayn versus, versus Jey Uso. Please book it. Um, I don't know. We'll see. It. I think it's going to be Sami and, and KO against the Usos for the tag titles. That's fine. But do Sami versus Jey at some point. I yes. just want to see those two. That singles match has to happen. It should happen at some Every point. Every podcast will turn into Bloodline Talk if we go long enough. Absolutely. Should we change the channel name? Bloodline Talk. Yeah. Bloodline Talk podcast right here. <laughs> anyway, thank you for watching this episode of the Bloodline Talk podcast. Really do appreciate it. Um, if you haven't already, subscribe to the channel, like the video, etc. cetera. Uh, we'll be back next week, uh, probably with all three of us. Maybe Nope, I'm off next Friday. Uh, nope, but we record. don't record this on a Friday. So I'll probably be back for the next one. Oh, crazy. And hopefully 
Luke will be as well. We've got <laughs> a bunch of stuff. Here. We've got live reactions for stuff. What have we got? Full Gear. Full Gear. Next weekend. Yep. We've got Survivor Series the weekend after that. Got live reactions, podcast reviews, all sorts of stuff. So subscribe to the channel. Keep up to date with the latest. Watch Survival Series over on Parts Fun Known. It is a fantastic new series that this guy is on, and I'm behind the camera. It is a lot of fun. Everybody tries to name every single WWE champion, and boy, they sure don't. But they get farther than you'd think, and you can see how far you would get as you play along with them. Watch Survival Series over on Parts Fun Known. You will not regret it. That great feedback to that episode. Yeah. People have bloody loved it, and that's great. I, w I love the I love the love. More love. More love, please. Uh, but that's going to do it. Thank you so much for watching. We'll see you in another video sometime soon. Share that jam. Goodbye. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.